Welcome to Waypoint Church Online. We're so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, whether you're watching with the Church Online platform or YouTube, or maybe you're watching us in our South Auditorium as we're bringing people together. However you're connecting, we're really glad that you're with us. I wonder how your week has been. I know for many uh, children, they've been very excited about going back to school and many parents even more excited because children have gone back to school. Uh, the, the new things that have been happening, we as a staff team, we've been going in the office a little bit more. I know some small groups have met in our building and our, our help hub continues to go. There's, there's lots of new things happening. Um, even though there's been more restrictions uh, and uh, we're keeping an eye on those, we'll, keep it, we'll continue to watch that and keep you updated. But it's great that we're here together, that we're meeting together. It's so important. And not just on a Sunday, but in lots of different ways, in homes and online. In, it's so good and important for us to connect. And I want to thank you. Thank you for, for doing that, for leaning in, for leading, for serving, for doing so much to, to help our church family continue to be who God's called us to be. Can I, can I also thank um, you for giving? Thank you for those who financially are continuing to support what we do as a church, uh, to support our building and the things that happen through there, uh, our staff teams, how we're investing into our community, and actually the whole world, which we send money to and we help a variety of charities around the world. Uh, your giving really matters and we are so appreciative uh, of all that you give. Uh, you'll know that, that back uh, um, a year or so ago, when we were able to meet um, in person, we would often have, well, we'd have a, an offering. The offering plate would go around and give an opportunity for people to give tithes and offerings uh, in that way. Uh, we haven't been able to do that, obviously, online. And uh, so we are, are keen to give you still opportunities to give. I know some of you have increased and we are thankful for that. Some of you have had to decrease their, your giving because of work situations and we're totally uh, appreciative and we understand that. But if you want to give, maybe you're new to our church and you want to help support uh, the work that God is doing um, through Waypoint Church, uh, can I encourage you to, to drop an email to um, our treasurer? His email is going to be on the screen. It's treasurer at waypointchurch.org.uk. Drop a line and just say, can I give? And uh, Graham will, will contact you and chat with you about the way that best connects with you and, and helps you to do that. But thank you again uh, for your financial giving because it makes a difference. If you um, watched us last week, uh, you'll know that Jim uh, welcomed Keith Foster. Keith and Jeanette Foster have just moved into um, our area. Keith is joining our staff team and we're delighted that they are here as a, as a couple and Keith has joined our team. I've, I, I've asked Keith to do a little video um, for us today for, um, for him to share a little bit of what he's going to be doing as the, the head of discipleship in small groups and also to give you an opportunity to, to remind yourself what he looks like um, because obviously we're not meeting uh, as normal. But watch Keith and enjoy. Hi, my name's Keith and uh, on behalf of myself and Leslie, I'd like to thank you for inviting us and welcoming us uh, to your faith community to this great place here, this great body of believers at Waypoint and beyond. And we're super excited to be amongst you and in this fantastic role. And a lot of people have asked me, well, what exactly are you going to do as, as the head of discipleship and small groups? What does that look like? And um, it's really something that is, is, is central to everything we do. And it really, whatever it looks like for you, and I guess it will be different for every single one of us. The fact is there are, there are principles that are, that are really important for all of us. And the great 
overriding principle that I, uh, I have, uh, as I serve amongst you, is that every single one of us who profess to own the name of Jesus are called to discipleship without exception or excuse. Every single one of us. And so my role, you could say in principle, is divided into two main parts, I guess. The first part is I want to encourage you in whatever your context, whether you're in the workplace, whether you are paid to be a Christian, whether you uh, serve here on various teams or whatever at the school gates or in the staff room, whatever that might look like for you in university. I want to encourage you to be what I'd call a viral Jesus follower be someone who in every single aspect of your life you're following King Jesus because you once said yes to him I want to follow you and I want to encourage you in that and that's the first part of what my role might be and, and, and the second part of that is that I want to also encourage you to encourage others around you to become viral followers of King Jesus whether they've bowed the knee at all at this time to him or whether they, uh, they have not yet done that. I, I pray that I can encourage you, but we're in this together. This is about a movement. It's not about a training program. It's not about a simple course and, or a book that we can all read together and say, well, we understand that. Because one thing we're really good at is agreeing with things and then nothing happens. Life takes over. So I pray that as we go forward together, that we can become viral followers ourselves and, and encourage other people also to follow King Jesus and become those multipliers, the disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I've already had the privilege of meeting a number of you, and I'm excited that you're excited. So please do uh, message me. Uh, my email will be on the screen. And uh, please do uh, contact me. I look forward to meeting you and talking about what it might look like to be a Christ follower today in your context. And uh, it's great to be part of this team. So I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks, Keith. And can I encourage you to, to drop him an email or give him a call when he's in the office? And he would be delighted just to, to build relationships uh, with us. And let's see what God has in store. Talking about what God has in store, before we, we leap into to God's word and some worship together, I want us just to, to calm our hearts and to focus and to pray. So, so let's pray together. Father, we thank you that, that you are the eternal God, that you are a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that brings incredible assurance for the mighty God who changed everything is with us today. You're also in our tomorrow, in all the unknowns. You are a God who is the same. Father, I, I thank you that we are welcomed into your presence. I thank you that as we lift our voices and praise, as we turn our hearts towards you, you are a God who has so much to give. Father, I pray that you may accept our offerings of service, of finances, of our time now, that by your spirit, you will just quiet in our hearts, whisper to our souls, and that we may be changed because we've encountered the living God. So come and move, Holy Spirit, for the glory of Christ our Lord. Amen. So today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As a family, we have just come back from holiday um, up in Northumberland, and we visited about 20 years ago. And so we were um, revisiting places we'd been to before. And many things, they hadn't changed, as in the castles were still magnificent castles and, and stately homes were stately homes, although you couldn't get in them because of COVID, we walked around them. Beaches were still beaches and an incredible landscape. Went to Holy Island as well. And it's just phenomenal to walk around these places that have, have been established for such a long time. So in a weird way, nothing had changed. In, in fact, our accommodation, um, I reckon, hadn't changed in 20 or 30 years because it was really basic. And, um, but it was OK. We, we survived. One thing that had changed between our visit of 20 years ago and this one is the way that we navigated ourselves uh, around the place. Because last time we had maps and we, we would pour ourselves maps, working out what went to what, how we got to places, and, and you plan your route and shortcuts and things. And, and as, a, as a result of, of plotting out our course, is we had a, a really good feel of how things were all laid out, how places were connected together, how close things were. And, and, and that was great. This time, though, we're, we're much more modern and sophisticated, so we used a sat-nav, which means you type in the postcode and just do whatever the sat-nav tells you to do, which got us to those places. So we saw castles, beaches, we saw those places. But, but what did happen is I found myself almost the whole two weeks having not a clue where I was. I couldn't work out the place we visit yesterday match up to yesterday, a day before, and, and, and how did it work out? And, and it was lovely seeing those places, but I just didn't have a clue on, on, on the, the whole picture. It was, it was just really weird and, and disconcerting, to be honest. Hold that thought for a moment. Last week, um, we revisited our motto text uh, for this year, from Isaiah 43, where God says, see, I am doing a new thing. And I wanted to encourage us as a church that, that God is a God who's doing some big and incredible things and, and he is the source. Um, at the heart of this new thing of God that was taught about, spoken about in Isaiah is Jesus. See, Jesus is the foundation of the new thing of God. Through Jesus, we get to know God personally. We get to know his power, his purpose, his presence, a transforming uh, um, reality of God. It's through Jesus. This is the new thing of God that we might know him through Jesus. And during the next uh, few weeks, in fact, this term, we're going to be unpacking what is the Jesus way? What is this, this new thing of Jesus? Uh, what is this new thing of God that we find? And the way we're going to unpack it is we're going to look at um, something that we often call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's uh, three chapters found in Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 
Well, there's, Jesus sets out the teaching of what it means to be a disciple, a, a follower of him, of what it means to encounter that new thing of Jesus. Now, when we approach this, there's, we can fall into a little bit of a trap here. Because one thing we can do is we can treat it like a sat-nav. We can treat it like a list of instructions that if we follow each instruction, do this, do this, do this, then we will find that we get to the right place. And in, in many senses, that is true. The, if you follow the, uh, the instructions of Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount, and you just follow what they do, is you find that actually life works better because God is a designer of life. It does work well. However, the, the heart of the Jesus way is not a set of laws and rules. The heart of the Jesus way is Jesus. It, it's a relationship with a living God. It's following God. It's, it's having him along our journey. Jesus describes himself in the Gospel of John as being the good shepherd. And the shepherd who, who cares for us, tends us, leads us. And what the Jesus way is, it's not a set of instructions, follow theirs and you'll get somewhere. It's about understanding the ways of Jesus. It's about getting involved with the whole map, understanding how things are connected. And that's what I want to do uh, um, to set out today. I want to set out three words that I think will help us um, to veer away from just have sat and have understanding of these instructions and these guidelines of Jesus and to make it more of this journey uh, of how do we interact? How do we learn and know and be enriched in the Jesus way and to be followers of him? So um, from this reading that Claire read a few moments ago, I, I want to pull up three words that I want us to continue to apply as we, we listen to the unfolding Sermon of the Mount over these few, next few weeks. But also, actually, whenever you read God's word, I think these three words are really, really helpful in helping us to engage with uh, the journey, the way of Jesus that we are invited to travel along together. Okay, so let me get into the three words. The first word is this. The first word is blessing, is blessing. Matthew 5 kicks off the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus makes it pretty clear, really clear. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Eight times in a row, he says, blessed, 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 blessed. It's a really clear message he wants uh, to communicate um, to his audience, those who are physically in front of him and us as readers, is that the starting point of God, the starting point of the way of Jesus is one of blessing. The religious leaders of Jesus' times, the, the, the message that they communicated uh, wasn't one that God is one who brings blessing. The message that often came across is that you have failed that you have not followed the law, that you are a sinner, that, that you are not acceptable, um, that you're, you're not good and that you're really, really down there. And if you work really hard, maybe God will be interested. But Jesus does something really, really significant. He starts with this eight repeated times, blessed, blessed, blessed. It's a really important thing to hear. I think some of us, we, when we think about God, is we, we often think that, that whenever we come across God or Jesus' teaching, when Jesus talks about, about money or forgiveness or worry, which we'll be looking at over the next few weeks, it is, is we think that God starts as in, I'm going to tell you off. Like being called to the headmaster's office or your boss says, you know, can I have a word with you? And you're going, oh, what have I done wrong now? I think often we, we can find ourselves approaching God in that way. 
Whenever it brings up a topic, we get defensive, going, I'm going to get told off. But that's not the heart of Jesus. That's not the word that we need to grab hold on of the Jesus way. The word we need to grab hold of is blessing. Is Jesus' heart is blessing. He wants us to encounter the kingdom of God. He wants us to, to know the blessing uh, of being comforted. He wants us to know the blessing of being filled, of being knowing mercy. He wants to bring blessing. It's such a significant thing for us to keep remem- remembering and reminding ourselves. It's an easy thing to, to say we know, but then we find that we keep falling back in the trap of thinking otherwise. I remember at my previous church, uh, there was a particular youth leader who I was in charge of, uh, and she would always say, oh, oh, Mark, Mark, but before you go, can I have a quick word with you? And she said it in such a way that I'm thinking, oh, no, here it comes. Here comes something bad, something I've done wrong, a problem or something. Every single time I braced myself uh, for uh, I'm just whatever is going to hit me. But Amazingly is every single time I spoke to her, it, it wasn't that bad. Actually, she was very encouraging. She, she wanted just to, to warn me about something that we can do a bit better or it was actually positive. But weirdly, although every time was positive, every time she said, can I have a quick word with you? In my heart, it just went, oh no. I think sometimes we can have that attitude when it comes to Jesus' teaching, to being a disciple, to growing, to knowing more of him. And I I want us to hear these starting words of Jesus, God in flesh, his opening words to this incredible sermon is this. God says, I want to bring blessing, that God thinks good of you, that God has good things planned for you. Some of of us have convinced ourselves that, that, that God doesn't want to do good for us, that we've messed up too much, that we're too far away from God. And I want you to hear, this is a really important thing. As we go and discover and dig into the Jesus way, is this is a land of blessing. God wants to take us into a land of blessing. It doesn't mean that blessing is everything's going to be fine. It's going to be really easy. Remember the last blessing is blessed are those who are persecuted when you're persecuted because of me. Now, persecution is not fun. But Jesus says, even when you're in those tough times, there's still going to be blessing there. Because the blessing is generated from a heart of God that has good things for you. So keep reminding ourselves as we go through scripture, it's blessing. God comes with blessing. His heart for you is blessing. The second word. The second word is this. It's thinking. It's thinking. I, I wonder how you, what you think about those, those statements that Jesus makes about blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Uh, Blessed are are those um, who are meek. I wonder how you think about that because our world has a very different uh, way of approaching that. Our world says, blessed are the rich. Blessed are those who are happy. Blessed blessed are those who are are ambitious and and know where they want to go. And there's a real clash between what Jesus says is blessed and knowing that fullness And what our world says is blessed and knowing that fullness. Because here's a really significant truth to to remind ourselves. It is that how we think impacts how we live. How we think impacts how we live. Now, this isn't actually a new thing. Most of us know this. Advertisers know this. Advertisers are are forever trying to, to mold our thinking. 
They, they want us to think that their product is the best, that their product will make you happy, that their, their product will make you feel valuable and things. There's little phrases like, you're worth it, you know, and flick of the hair. Or for those of who are older, a Mars a day helps you and you probably finish that sentence. For those who are younger, it's work, rest and play. If you think um, every little helps, what, what brand do you think of? Or, uh, well, you're worth it. What do you think of it? Or just do it. Is what these advertisers are doing is they're trying to, to mold the way we think. Because when we think in that way, it will then impact our actions. And society is forever doing that. They're, it's impacting how we think. It's telling us what is morally acceptable, what is relationally acceptable, what is financially acceptable. The way we view different things is we are forever being uh, molded in the way that we think because how we think impacts how we live. In Romans 12 verse 2, we're told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we'll be able to, to test and affirm God's ways. What Jesus wants us to do is to, to allow our minds, our thinking, to be changed into, uh, into the way that God thinks. Quite a few years ago, um, there was that, you remember the wristbands and things of WWJD, what would Jesus do? And that is great, that's a really good prompt, but probably a better prompt is WWJT, what would Jesus think? Because when you get, in, when you get your thinking sorted out, it then impacts your actions. I'm not sure if you've ever uh, listened to one of the top coaches in sports. Uh, I'm always fascinated because they say uh, a game is won or lost in the way that they think. Because I always think that like in tennis, the best tennis player, the, player, the one who serves best and, and is fittest, they're the ones who are going to win. And they're going, no, no, it's not necessarily that. Actually, what, the make or break is how they think. It's how do they think when, when they mess up a point, when they get an ace, when, when something happens that they weren't expecting. Is because what how you think then impacts how you live. Now most of us are not top um, sports people, um, but what we still find is that the company we keep impacts what we think. A number of years ago, my family were on a holiday. We we visited two uh, family friends. The first people we stayed with were, were quite wealthy. Uh, they they had a like a Mercedes and they had a Lexus uh, SUV and quite a nice house and. And as they were chatting with us, they're asking us about us and what our financial plans were and, and where our financial security and telling us we should invest in this and do that. And after spending a bit of time with them, uh, Kathy and I were left thinking is, oh, maybe we need to invest differently. Maybe we need to save this and do that and, and get more secure with our finances. And, and, and we were just sort of having a conversation around that. We then visited another set of friends and these friends were very different. They, they, had, they had a modest home and they had a, a beaten-up car. And, but they talked about the missionaries that they support, how, how they give to community and they really want to see their community transformed. And, and their, their, their language was very much different in what they were trying to uh, achieve, their goals and objectives, and it impacted how they behaved. And it really challenged us. And we're going, wait a minute, where, where is our end goal? What is our priority? because how we think impacts what we do. What Jesus is calling us to do in the Sermon on the Mount and in all his teaching, is he's saying, I want you to follow my way. I want you to, to think as I think, to prioritize what I prioritize, to seek first what I call you to seek first. See, because when you begin to think like me, it will then begin to impact what you do. 
that Romans 12 verse 2 it is be transformed by the renewing of your mind why and then you will be able to test and discern understand what God's will is you know so often we're going I wonder what God wants me to do in this situation and Jesus says when you begin to think differently it helps you you know the whole area it's not just about following a sat nav it's about understanding the heart of God and the way of God and this is what he calls us to do is to keep thinking so so a bit more specific on this is is how do you think the way of Jesus is to make sure that you're getting Jesus teaching into our heads is to make sure that we we are digging into God's word we regularly let that feed into us we regularly read scripture we we watch podcasts we we get God's truths and values into us the flip side of that is is that we also need to be mindful of what other things are informing and influencing us Another translation of that uh, Romans 12 verse, J.B. Phillips says, is don't be squeezed into the world's mold. And I think that's so easy to happen. We, you know, we watch TV, we watch Netflix series, we do this and that, and we're being told all these different values that are opposed to the Jesus way. I mean, not everything is, but actually quite a lot is. And we need to, to just limit and control what else is coming into our minds for how we think impacts how we live. And Jesus is saying this. He said, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. He's saying, blessed are those who know that they need God, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we think, I need God, he said, yeah, and it opens you up to God's blessing. Blessed are those who mourn. It's not specifically talking about those who are bereaved. What he's saying, those who know that they need, that they, they, they need God because they, they're doing it the wrong way, they've messed up. And he said, and they're going to get comforted. You're not going to come in and get told off. God's going to go, I want to come and help. See, when we begin to think the way of Jesus, we begin to act the way of Jesus and we encounter the blessing of Jesus. So first word is blessing. God comes with his heart is one of blessing. Second one is thinking. He wants us to transform our thinking because how we think impacts how we live. And the third one is actually, I just said it, is it's living. It's how we live. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, Jesus tells the story of two builders, one who builds a house on rock and one who builds a house on sand. And then it says, when the storms come, when the storms of life, the one on the rock stood firm and the one on the sand got demolished. It just got blown over. And Jesus tells us this. He, He said, it's the one who hears my words and then builds their life on that is the one who is like the person who builds their house on the rock. So it's not just good enough to, to listen about it, to go, God, I want your blessings. And to say, oh, I, I know what God thinks. It's actually about putting it into practice. It's about living it. And, and this, is a, this is actually a challenge for most of us. Because I think a lot of us, we know what God has to say. And over these next few weeks, we're going to encounter more things of what God has to say about our relationships, about forgiveness, about anger, about worry, about prayer, about all sorts of things. And along this way, some of the stuff we're going, oh, I know that. And that's great. That's really good. But it's really important that we live it. We we build our lives on it. We actually go, Jesus, I'm going to choose not to go my way, but your way. Jesus, I know you say this, and, and I, I, I feel uncomfortable, I'm not sure, but it's saying, but I understand that your motivation is one of blessing. God, you want to bring blessing, and the way that I encounter your blessing is I follow your way. The way that I spread your blessing is by following your way. 
it's so important that we are people who, who live, who put it into practice. And I want to encourage you to do what God calls us to do. For when we do that, it's blessing. I want to just jump back to the sat-nav and the map thing for a second. So when we view uh, um, the Sermon on the Mount as just a, a list of instructions, do this, do this, do this, and then we'll get there, it is we can find ourselves wrestling with something. And what we wrestle is when we hear God says to do something and, and we're going, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do it. And there's that big tussle in our heart. Shall I do it? Can't do it. I don't feel like it. And, and, and there's that tension there. But when we understand that God's calling us to learn the map of who he is, and we understand that first word that God says, I come with blessing. The reason we follow Jesus, the way we, reason we follow that narrow way, the reason we go, not my will, but yours, God, is because this is the road that leads to God's kingdom, where God's kingdom is in our lives and around our lives and shines through our lives. And we know his presence. We know his power. We know that strength that when the storms of life come, because we know they come, is that we won't get blown over, not because we're really good people, because we built our lives on what Jesus says. And Jesus has blessing for us as a community, as individuals. That's what he wants to bring. So, so hopefully from the verses we just read, but I also want you to, to bring these through the readings as we continue, as you continue to, to read in other places, as you continue to be a disciple. I wanna encourage you to keep coming back to these words is blessing. God comes with blessing. He has good for you. That's God's starting point. That's God's objective for you. That's God's heart for you. That's the Jesus way. It's a way of blessing. But that word also comes with thinking. He wants us to think through. He wants us to understand that, that it's, it's about listening to him and putting it into practice for how we think impacts what we do. And thirdly, it's about actually doing it, putting it into practice. For when we put it into practice, it takes us back to the blessing of knowing God, that blessing, thinking, living. My prayer is that, that we lean into this, that we explore it more, that we know who God is more. And as disciples, individuals, as a church, we become, in the words of Keith, that we become viral disciples in our passion to know and be infected more with this Jesus way and to share it more. Let me pray. Father, I wanna thank you that your way is a new way and it's a way that is exciting and accessible and personal and powerful. I thank you, Jesus, that, that you didn't come and just give a list of laws that we had to follow. What you did is you gave a way for us to know you to know what it is to have you in our everyday lives, to know your healing, your comfort, your filling, your mercy. I thank you that these are all being offered to us. Father, I pray as we, as we live, as we seek out, as we seek to follow you more, as we unpack scripture, as we discover the Jesus way in, in new ways, I pray that we will become closer disciples, closer followers, people who, who know what it is to build our lives on the truths of Jesus and to know what it is to have Jesus in our everyday life. Father, I pray that your spirit will lead us, fill us, and that we may know these exciting plans that you have for us. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. 
Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, but before you log off, I just encourage you, if you're on the church online suite uh, um, platform, press the prayer button. And if God's been stirring in something, just, just deal. If God's been stirring something in you, it's not to condemn you. God wants to bring blessing. If God's stirring something, it's because he wants to, to connect with you. He wants to bring healing, comfort. He wants to help put you on course again along that way. I encourage you to chat with your, your small group, other friends, and, and just talking about those three words. What word do you find the, the easiest? What word do you find the toughest? Um, how can we encourage each other to, to be thinking and living and, and knowing God's blessing more? Let this be a living viral thing that grows and grows. And let's see and wait in expectation of what God is going to do. I hope you have a great rest of your day and the rest of your week. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you.